Welcome to Cafe Grit. Today we're going to talk about lessons from childhood that shape who we are today. I'm going to talk a little bit about my mom. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. She was a lovely woman in many ways, in most ways. All right, let's get started. Welcome to Cafe Grit. My name is Beth Ann Campbell, and I am the author of Where the Hell is My Bacon, a book about a corporate team that triumphed over shitty leadership with the help of fried pork. I open Cafe Grit as a place where you can join me in figuring out how to channel your grit and find your voice in the world, whatever that means for you. This is the place to go when you've got the hankering for purpose, the taste for fulfillment, and you're tired of living the rat race. Thanks for stopping in. Cafe Grit is now open for service. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Cafe Grit, the show about grit, not the kind that you eat. You can eat grit. Grits, and they're very, very tasty. But no, this is not about that kind of grit. It's about finding your voice, speaking out, finding your purpose, uh, prioritizing yourself, having the courage to prioritize yourself, all kinds of things related to true grit. And I am your host, Beth Ann Campbell, uh, wearing a hat today. If you can't see me, I'm wearing a hat because it is colder than blazes outside today. Not blazes because then it wouldn't be really cold, but it's like snow miser. Like, it's Mr. 10 below snow miser cold. No, it's not. It's not quite 10 below, but it's very cold. Um, colder than I like. I've, I've, my tolerance for cold is dropped, has dropped significantly in the last year, probably because I've, I've dropped some weight. I'm more active. And when I look outside and it's super cold or it's snowing or the roads are bad, ugh, gets me, gets me all riled up. But Anyway, I hope that you all are having a great, fabulous new year as we are recording this uh, just after the new year and that you're um, doing great and, and weathering all of the crap that is still hitting us with the pandemic. Um, you know what? I hate to say it. New normal. Nope, I didn't say it. Shut up. Anyway, we're not here to talk about weather and we're not here to talk about the fucking pandemic we're going to talk about my mom now if you've been listening to some of the recent episodes um, from the end of last year you know that i've talked about talking about my mom so why am i talking about my mom why should you all care about my mom well first of all my mom has passed away so you can if you don't care about my mom you can say or think anything you want about her she's not she's not around but like many of you i had a complicated relationship with my mom with in and many of you have complicated relationships with your with one or more of your parents and as i get older <clears throat> i'm i try to seek to understand uh, more about myself and why I operate the way I do, why do, why I do the things I do, why I'm passionate about the things that I am. And part of that is going back to what shaped us. And I've been doing a little bit of that in my health coaching, which I'll talk about at the end of the show. Um, but that's kind of, um, I, I, it's been something that I've been thinking about over the past year, really trying to understand how I was brought up and the people around me, in this case, my my mother, who, um, you know, one of the closest people that you will have in your life is a parent, most of us. So um, in trying to understand myself and 
what drives me and how I am. And, and in doing so, I'm looking back at some of the ways that I interacted with my my mom. And really, it's helped me kind of understand a, a lot about her in a different way. And, and really realizing in some ways what a badass that she was, but also how her interactions and the things that she taught me um, led me to where I am today. So, and, and so why, you know, why does that affect you? Why would you care about that? Well, if you, maybe you're one of those people that had one of those complicated relationships, um, maybe stories about my mom, me telling you about my experience will help you to, or encourage you to look back and help you understand where you came from and what drives you and why you have your passion. So that's, that's why I'm talking about this. So um, a little bit about my mom. She was born in 1943 in Michigan. And I'm not going to believe me, trust me, I'm not going to give you the whole history of my mom. So don't worry. But so she, by the time she was 20, so just to understand a little bit of the background here. So by the time she was 26, she had four kids under the age of five. And one week before the youngest of those four were born, she lost her husband, my dad, in, in an un unexpected um, accident. I, I can only imagine. When I was in my 20s, I remember thinking about this and thinking, I, I don't know how I could deal with having one kid at 26, let alone four. Now I was actually, um, I, I was a nanny at the time. So I did actually have two kids, but it's different when you're a nanny. I mean, you're kind of like a parent, but you know, ultimately, um, you know, you can, you can pick up and leave anytime you want. So, um, so for six years after my dad died, she was a single woman and, um, she dated, she worked, she raised kids. Um, I wasn't, I, you know, I'm not going to say that I had insights into the inner workings of my mom at that time. I was very, very young. I was only um, not, not even three. Yeah, I was two, two, like two and a half, I think, when my my um, dad passed away. So I don't really remember much of that time. But, you know, for the next six years, I I do remember some of that stuff. She was a single woman. She dated. She worked. She had a a, a job uh, as a secretary at a local company. She raised her kids. And then eventually she remarried. She had two more kids with my stepdad, plus he um, brought in um, a son. So we had the whole Brady Bunch thing going on. And then later um, in the 80s and 90s, she became a photographer. Just to, It was something that she had a passion for and worked for a photography studio, then eventually owned her own photography business. And ultimately, um, she passed away in 2008 at the age of 63 from uh, uterine cancer. So in me trying to figure out who I am or why I am the way I, I am, where I came from, how my parents and people in my life influenced that from an early age, I really do have to look at my mom. Uh, my dad was not around. Um, both of, so my grand, so, and, and honestly, you know, male role models, I didn't have a whole lot of great ones, but I had, I had a female role model and that was really my mom. I had grandmothers too, but I'm not going to say that either one of them were any kind of a great role model. They were not, um, for different reasons, but, um, so my mom was really, um, my, my role model and probably the person who, um, had the most influence on me around those times. We didn't live in the city, so we didn't have a lot of interaction with a ton of people like you might in a more urban setting. We were out in the country. So basically, I saw my siblings and my mom until she remarried, and then it was my, my stepdad. So <clears throat> my mom 
was, I will describe her in many ways, although she was a very vibrant and colorful person, but she's, she, I, I always think of her as in those days, at least as very neutral. She was not the most affectionate person in the world. I mean, it's not like, like I felt like I would remember that I was showered with any kind of affection, but she was not unaffectionate. She was sort of neutrally affectionate. Um, she was not the most communicative, not like I see like, like today, like if I look at my sisters and the younger women, like my nieces, a couple of my nieces have had kids and, and I see the difference in how they communicate with their kids, even how my sisters communicated with their kids. And they're much more open and transparent about and sharing everything and being very open. My mom was not open like that. Not with me. I think she, she opened up a little bit later. Now, my mother was very social and she was very talkative. It's not like that she was a, an introvert, but it's just that when, when we're talking about communication things with your kids, she, she, you know, it was very, it was very traditional. Um, I would say as somebody who grew up in the fifties and sixties, it's, it's what you would probably expect for, for, as an example, the talk that my mom and I had about puberty, you know, women stuff was, do you know what menstruation is? And my answer was, yes, we had a movie about it at school. Okay, good. That was it. That was the whole talk, right? Now, meanwhile, when my sister, my youngest sister, so there are three girls in, in the family, who, and she's almost 10 years younger than me. When she got to that point, it was much more, um, we were much more open and it was much more of a comfortable topic. For But for me, the first, the oldest girl, mm-mm, no. So that kind of thing is what I'm talking about, her not being very communicative, communicative about so she's kind of neutral. Same with politics and religion. She was just um, she was very very neutral. She did, she neither encouraged nor discouraged us from um, any religious pursuits. We didn't go to church. My grand her mother, my grandmother was um, a, de- a devout. I'll say in quotes, devout Lutheran. Lutheran is really the, our family background on the maternal side. And um, I remember we would have a pastor that would come out from the Lutheran church periodically come drive out to the country and come visit my mom and try to convince her to go to church. And she would sit down and she would have a cup of coffee or whatever with him. And, but we never went, it was never, but yet when I decided I wanted to go to church when I was uh, 16, mostly because I had a crush on somebody in youth group. Um, she, she was perfectly fine with that. My brother, um, my late brother was Muslim and converted to Islam uh, in the early '90s, and she was she was cool with that. Um, I dabbled in you know uh, Wicca for a while. She was cool with that. Uh, I ultimately settled on being pretty just agnostic, um, probably atheist. She's okay with that. Um, so she's just kind of very you know neutral. She was um, supportive, but in sort of a a very um, bland sort of way. There was never any like real passion for or against anything. Um, it pretty neutral as a parent, although I did perceive that she favored my brothers, but I understood why, you know, in my, in my adult life, I understood, I understood that I, when my dad passed away, my brothers lost their role model. I had mine. I had my role models. I had my mom. Um, my, like I said, my grandmothers really weren't great, but my mom's a uh, best friend and her, um, I don't know, second or third cousin, um, and who also had children that were close to my age, girls. So we were very close. I had her as a role model. I had my mom. 
Um, so I understand that maybe, you know, when your sons lose their dad, there's maybe a little bit of extra. It, it was probably just a perception anyway. But again, just sort of neutral, right? Um, one of the things that really I've been thinking about lately about how my mom interacted with me and, and maybe helped shape to who I am today is how she made me take responsibility for things. So we are now in an age of helicopter parenting, and it is, um, it is perfectly valid and understandable that we want to protect our kids. Um, and by the way, this was, this was true back then too. I remember a couple of instances in school where um, uh, students got like a little bit lower of a grade than they thought that they should get. And the parents, you know, came in all, you know, huffy. So that kind of helicopter parenting did exist back uh, then when I was a kid. But certainly in this day and age, you know, we're uber safe. We want to, you know, take care of our kids. There's a lot of, um, you know, uh, uh, protect protecting of them when they have to do difficult things. And I don't know that that's always a good thing. I, at the time, my mother making me, um, forcing me to take responsibility for my decisions was not something that I appreciated, but as an adult, I so appreciated. So whenever I would make a decision to do something or not do something, she made me take ownership of it. And that included if I had to do the dirty deeds, like like if I had to ask permission from someone to do something, or if I had to tell someone no, or that I didn't want to do something anymore. And I absolutely hated this as, as a kid, but I, I totally get it now. It, it really does help me understand a lot of who I am. So as an example, when I was about six or seven years old, I wanted to take ballet lessons. So she signed me up for ballet. I took ballet for a year or two, and then I decided, as will be a very common theme in my life. I get very tired of things early. She would say it was because I'm an Aquarius. I don't know if that's true or not, but um, I just, whatever, I got tired of it, frustrated with it, whatever. I didn't want to do it anymore. And she said that was fine. No, there was no anger. There was no, you said you wanted to do it. It was just, that's your decision, but you have to call uh, her, I think her name was, um, little miss, miss little Lana, little lovely lady. Um, and you have to tell her now for a seven year old to have to call somebody and say, I'm not going to take your lessons anymore. I just remember being horrified that, that I would have to do this, take responsibility for this, but I had to, if I wanted to, to quit, I had to take responsibility and do the deed. So I called her and I quit. Also, another common theme in my life, uh, quitting stuff. Um, so a few years later, so now I'm, you know, nine or 10, and I decided I wanted to take piano lessons. I had taken piano when I was a very, very young with one of our family cousins, Marguerite. Um, but I believe Marguerite had passed away. She was very old at the time. But I decided for whatever reason, I wanted to take piano lessons. So um, I knew of a woman and I had to, I had to contact her and let her know that I um, was uh, interested. And my mother was again very supportive, and um, I had to pay for this also with my allowance. By the way, another area where she made me take responsibility. But then again, after about a year, maybe a little more than a year, I didn't want to take piano anymore. 
I don't know why. I think I was probably frustrated, maybe bored, maybe, um, you know, maybe that neutrality that I experienced, that was a ba- you know, maybe a downside of it is that I didn't really get the encouragement. Um, and, and that is a, a, a thing that I wish I had gotten. But as far as making the decision that I just didn't want to take piano lessons anymore, again, my mother was very supportive. You can do what you want to do, but you have to call Ms. Um, I can't remember her name, Ms. Piano Teacher, and, and let her know. And again, that is a kind of a horrifying thing to do when you're basically calling someone and telling them, I'm, I, you know, I just, you know, I have empathy. Even at the, that young age, I recognized that I was basically telling her I didn't really um, enjoy her class and I didn't want to take it anymore. So, um, Again, years later, um, I'm I'm in band, a lot of stuff involving the arts here. And I was playing oboe, which not a lot of people play. It's a little bit of a complicated instrument. And I wanted to, I, I, one day I went and saw the high school band, jazz band, um, in a concert. And I thought, I don't want to play the oboe anymore. I want to play the sax. And again, my mother was perfectly supportive, even though she had just spent $300 on an oboe a couple of years before but I had to do the deed. I had to have that conversation with the, um, the band teacher. So, so this is a very common theme in my world uh, when I was a kid. And, and I, I, for many, many years, I really, I, I almost resented it. I almost resented why didn't she, um, you know, take that um, step in for me and, and, and um, do that for me. I was just a child, but, she's she wasn't asking me to uh you know commit a crime she was just simply asking me you know forcing me directing me encouraging me in her neutral way to take responsibility that choices are okay but we have to be accountable for those choices and i think that's that's what a lot of people and what probably what frustrates me a lot about um some of the stuff that i hear in the news and in social media today where people think that they can just do whatever they want say whatever they want um and because we have free speech that means that they're um you know free and clear and that's not true that's not what free speech is free speech is is that there are consequences for your actions right for your words that mean just means the government can't put you in jail for for it, um, but it doesn't mean that what we do and what we say don't have consequences. So um, you know, her uh, uh, encouraging me or really making me take responsibility for my choices, be accountable, take ownership, do those deeds like calling teachers and having conversations with them about I don't really want to do this anymore, owning it when I fuck up that that is a valuable valuable lesson that i learned from my mom um and and i know how important it is i i did an episode season one episode 15 this one time i got in trouble again where i talked about um taking responsibility for my actions when i snapped at somebody in um when i was a very young uh, whippersnapper working at uh, a company and how I, I I basically spared myself by taking accountability and apologizing um, of my own volition. So um, so yeah so this so this all this stuff with my mom 
it's just the stuff that I'm thinking about. And and there are a lot of other things from my childhood that I'm really evaluating. So some of the ways that um, my mom really was a badass in it, but but I thought she was just kind of being a bitch. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna maybe explore that in some some future episodes. Um, I mentioned up front that I had I was also kind of t- thinking about these things um, through my health coaching. So I've mentioned that I have um, I am working with uh, this awesome coach, Jillian Davies. She's helping me with my fitness. Seventy pounds loss as of last weekend. Boom. Um, but more importantly, um, getting in the head of Beth. And really, she the last uh, I don't know month or so we've been delving into some childhood stuff about my relationship with food. And I'm going to talk about that in an episode too, because that's a, that's kind of a fun one. And, and um, some interesting things my parents did with food that um, not surprisingly have probably shaped how I deal with food today. So parental influence is really, really um, can be very profound in ways that we don't even think about it. So I encourage all of you really to go back as you get older and and more self-aware and try to understand yourself and why you are the way you are, look at those things that you remember from your childhood that really um, resonate with you, that cause that cause you to be uncomfortable thinking about or that you resent your parents for or that you um, you know bring up some sort of a of an emotion that over and over again that you that you've, you've not been able to let go and dive into them and and think about, those things in maybe a different light. I'm not saying that that everybody's parents do the right thing or that um, that you're going to learn you're, that you're you're suddenly going to find out that your parents are wonderful people when you thought they were horrible. Maybe they really maybe they are horrible. Maybe they're dicks. Um, I'm just saying it does help to understand whatever that relationship was. It can help you understand where you are today because when you have that that influence and those those inputs those sensory inputs and those behaviors and habits that you create when you're young they really do stick with you and and i think it's important to understand them in order for us to understand ourselves and move forward so that's it so anyway um rest in peace to my mom sandy um who is uh she really was a, a wonderful woman in many ways and um and and i loved her dearly but um you know you guys that have complex relationships with your parents i would give almost anything to have my mom back today but i can tell you if she were here we would not be best friends my mom was the type of person that i loved so dearly but sometimes i could not even be in her presence for no reason nothing that she had done i just couldn't stand being in her presence. And that is that complex relationship that I know some of you have. I know you do. You get it. Um, and and maybe you've even beaten yourself up about it because you just didn't understand why do I just not even want to be around my parents sometimes <laughs> or didn't want to be around my parents sometimes. Just know that that's not abnormal. Um, but just, you know, dig a little bit deep into some of those things and maybe it will help you um, understand that. So Anyway, that's it about my mom and how she helped me to um, be a responsible person. And, and, and I think that plays into today how I have this uber sense of responsibility and I'm not afraid to, um, to take ownership as I did with, as I mentioned in this, uh, um, this situation where I had to apologize to somebody that I talked about in season one, episode 15. Um, 
So I think this is one of the reasons why I am so passionate about speaking out and finding your voice because it's it's always been, at least since my mom's made made me do it so many times. Thank you, mom. Um, it's it just it was easy. I think because I had to do it so early. So I think that's um, that's where I come from, and and uh, and that's why I always encourage you all to speak out, find your voice, and um, go after what you want. So that's it. And I was kind of rambling, but you know, that's what I do. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening and watching. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Um, look me up on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. And always, always, always remember, you are a fucking rock star. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Take it easy. Hey, everybody. Thanks for stopping by Cafe Grit, where the moxie is fresh, the passion cold brewed, and everything is served with a heaping side of mojo. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider giving it a rating or review on your favorite podcast streaming platform. I'll be forever grateful, and in return, I'll wish upon you copious amounts of bacon, your favorite hot beverage, and of course, pie. Cafe Grit is a production of Beth Ann Campbell, LLC. Thanks again for stopping by, and remember, you do have grit. You are a fucking rock star, and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Take it easy.